Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MUU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Hi, this is Jim Salfer, and we're here recording another I-29 podcast, and I work for the University of Minnesota Extension. And I'm joined by my host today, Kim Clark. She's with the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And our guest for this podcast is Emily Kreckelberg. She happens to be a colleague of mine with the University of Minnesota, and our topic is going to focus on farm safety. So, Emily, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I want to say thanks so much for having me, Jim and Kim. Again, I'm Emily. I am an extension educator with University of Minnesota Extension, and I work in farm safety and health. Okay, thanks, Emily. I know you've done a lot of work and experience in this area. What do you see as the biggest hazards on farms in your work? You know, this is a little bit of a controversial answer, but we're going to jump right into it, I guess. Uh, first thing, I think the biggest hazard is people. You know, we like to talk about equipment causing accidents or different things causing accidents. It's people that cause accidents, right? Equipment is involved. Livestock may be involved. Uh, but for me, my biggest farm safety concern on any farm, dairy, crops, etc., is the people, right? Because it's human error usually that leads to accidents. And that's not to say that farmers are doing a bad job or are irresponsible, but I think, you know, we all know that there are a lot of things happening on a dairy farm every single day and our attention may be pulled a lot of different directions at once. And so to me, that's the biggest concern. That's the biggest hazard is the people and them knowing what they're doing, being properly trained, you know, being focused, doing things correctly, being safety minded and having a culture of safety, all of that. So it's probably not the answer you were expecting, but I stand firm on that. We oftentimes think of equipment causing injuries, you know, a manure pit causing injuries, a cow causing injuries. But when we think about it, it's the person in that situation. You know, they were preoccupied. They were trying to multitask. They weren't paying attention to their surroundings. They were in a hurry. We need to recognize that it's the people on the farm. And we can talk about the different areas of the farm where safety concerns and hazards, but really that's the whole farm itself, right? For the reasons I mentioned about the people. But what can we do as dairy farmers to prevent some potential safety issues and hazards? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, I always laugh like safety is not the most popular topic. It's not a super hot, fun, interesting topic, but it's really relevant and I, I always say I sound dramatic, but I mean, farm safety is a matter of life or death. And so I think we do need to take it seriously. And the good news is that there are really simple ways to make sure your farm is more safe. And, and like I said, to really promote a culture of safety on your farm. Uh, one that I already mentioned is training. So even if your farm does not have employees, you know, make sure that the family members you're working with or yourself, you know how to safely operate various pieces of equipment. You know the layout of the farm. You know where fire extinguishers are, where emergency shutoffs are. Uh, just that familiarity and being properly trained on those different aspects is a huge one. Another one with that is hazard recognition and, you know, signage for those hazards. 
you know, I, I go to my brother's farm and I see the hazard sign on, you know, the old upright silo and, you know, the warning stickers on the equipment and, and just those little things that are there to remind us, Hey, slow down, be safe. That's why they're always bright colors and really big, bold print. You know, they're there to serve as reminders. And I think it's important that we pay attention to those and that we respect those. Those are probably the two biggest ones, but then also, you know, going back to, to the human side of farm safety, a big, big connection there is with stress. And when we're overwhelmed and can't think straight or make decisions quickly, that's when we can see accidents happen. And so too, just people taking care of themselves, you know, it sounds so simple, but I know it's difficult for a lot of people, myself included, getting enough sleep at night, making sure you're eating well-balanced meals, you know, just doing things to take care of yourself. Uh, is is really important because I know a lot of, you know, situations with farm accidents where people say, oh, I was just so tired or, oh, it was, you know, a lot of it is usually tied back to their well-being and just how they were in that moment and on that day. Um, and so I think that those simple little things, you know, the basics are basics for a reason, I think. And so it's important to keep those, you know, top of mind for these types of things. Maybe you know this answer. If I ask the Department of Public Safety about car accidents, they can tell me what percent are caused by alcohol-related or cell phones. Has there been any research done on dairy farms where they went where there's been accidents and looked whether it was stress, whether it was, uh, you know, cell phones, whether it was inattentiveness, whether it was a lack of training? Is there any research that would show what are kind of the biggest initial causes, because nobody goes into a situation hoping to have an accident. Do you know of any research that's been done on that? Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm wary about using the word cause and I use more, you know, the phrase involved, you know, tractor involved accidents, those kinds of things. And actually there is a great resource, the National Egg Safety Database, And they're available online at nasdonline.org. And so what this database does is gather all that information from the media, from, you know, various public records that they have access to. So it's, you know, not perfect, probably not exhaustive, because I think we know that there are certainly farm accidents that probably go unreported or are reported in a different way. But yeah, I would say, you know, top is always um, tractors are often involved in farm accidents and fatalities. I believe, at least it was a few years ago, tractors were most often involved in fatalities. We know grain bins, that's a huge issue, but also youth farm safety. That's huge. I think it's something like every three days a child on a farm gets injured and I want to say it's something like 60% of the time that child was not actively involved in the farming activity. They were just in the vicinity and got injured, whether that was by something, you know, flying off or being hit by a tractor when they're playing in the yard, whatever it may be. You know, again, the National Egg Safety Database does a good job of putting all those things together and, and giving a lot of that information, real numbers and data to back it up. I think you made a really good point, Emily. Just a couple of short stories here. I happened to be at a gas station convenience store last week. My wife ran in to get some milk, and so I was sitting there, and it was really interesting. 
um, because clearly there was a brand new employee trainer was walking around the outside of the building and said, here is a fire extinguisher. If anything happens, this is where it's at. Here's a shutoff for the gas pumps. If you see anything happen out at the gas pumps, you run out here and you shut this off. So I think to your point, Emily, I don't think we really necessarily train our employees. If you're listening, does every employee on your farm know where every safety shutoff is, where every fire extinguisher is, and have you emphasize? I mean, clearly this trainer emphasized that this is where it's at. It's really important that you know this and do it. Um, one other story is I was actually speaking a number of years ago at a builder's conference, and the person after me that spoke was somebody that worked with OSHA, I think with builders, and we all know construction is a very major issue. And this person emphasized that when you're out on a construction site, you will reprimand anyone that does not have a hard hat on or follow your rules. Because uh, to your point with culture is his point was, if you allow anyone you see not to do a safety measure, whether that's wearing a harness or having a hard hat, you are setting a precedent and if an accident does happen, and it happens because somebody's not wearing a hard hat, in court, you will lose because you, you had seen someone not wearing a hard hat. So that employee is going to say, oh, I saw I was working and the, the supervisor or employer saw, wasn't wearing a hard hat. So I assumed I and didn't say anything. So I assumed I didn't. It goes back to your culture issue, Emily. I think we really need to set a culture of safety and make sure farmers have the right equipment. Thanks for sharing those stories, Jim. I want to dive deeper into the story about the gas station training. All too often, we you know, show people, here's the fire extinguisher, here's the emergency shutoff. What we fail to do, and I am guilty of this, is talking about how we execute that. How do we operate a fire extinguisher? How does the emergency shutoff work, etc.? We do a great job. I'm not even going to say a great job. At times, we tell everyone, show everyone where the fire extinguisher is, where the emergency shutoff is. We fail on the how. And i that's one of the training opportunities that a dairy farm can have is on the how. We talk about what to do, but we don't talk about the why and the how. And once we get to the why and how, I think we can really reduce the amount of accidents, injuries, incidences that occur on the dairy farm. Yeah, that's a really great point, Kim, and certainly something that should be a part of the training beyond just the here it is. And maybe it's as simple as going, have you used a fire extinguisher before? You know, do you know how to use one? And, and something that just popped into my head that I want to say too is, you know, as a farmer, a business owner, however you wanted to define it, you know, you need to make sure that those things are not only there, but that they are in working order. When's the last time you got your fire extinguisher serviced? Because you know what? They need to be serviced and maintained. You know, they're only good for a couple of years. And, you know, I, I know I've been on farms and even my own family's farm. You see the fire extinguisher and it's, you know, in the corner covered in a layer of dust. You can't <laughs> even tell it's red anymore. Um, I don't know how helpful that's going to be in a fire. So you know, I think that also that maintenance piece, and that's something too that, you know, your trainees can be involved in and giving people some of those responsibilities can help increase buy-in 
for the safety and help promote that, you know, that culture of farm safety. So I think that that's a really great point, Kim, is, you know, also knowing, do you know how to use this, you know, as a farmer and again, business owner, do you have emergency action plans? That's something I talk to farms a lot about too, of, yeah, if there is an emergency, who does what, you know, does everybody just scramble? And I think sometimes that is the case. And obviously in emergencies and depending on the situation, you know, chaos is going to be present no matter what. Um, But I think it's important to know like, Hey, here's the safe meeting spot. If something happens and yeah, you know, if we know where every fire extinguisher is, um, you know, who's, who's going to get that? Is it the, is it the manager? Is it the shift lead? Is it just whoever is nearest? You know, how do we sort that out? Who, who contacts 911? Who does all of these different things? You know, those pieces are really important too. And again, if people know who needs to do what and who's in charge of what, that can increase buy-in and just helps you give, you know, get that little additional peace of mind, which I think, you know, as, as farmers, we want all the peace of mind we can get, right? And so anything yep. you can do to increase that is really important. You mentioned emergency action plan, and, and this is something I stress and have developed templates for. I encourage and challenge dairy producers, when you create your emergency action plan, don't only think about the fire. Make sure it's inclusive of any potential emergency that could happen on the dairy farm. You know, whether it's an equipment breakdown, uh, such as your bulk tank. You know, what's your emergency action plan for that? You know, think about fire, think about injured employees, think about, you know, if there's a tractor rollover. So be inclusive as you're developing your emergency action plan. And if you already have an emergency action plan, when was the last time you update it? Is it still effective and accurate? And so just some things that we need to be thinking about related to farm safety there. You know, I think of how many times I'll walk in a milk room and there'll be bottles of acid and soap there. Well, a lot of that acid, it looks like Kool-Aid, right? It's blue or it's, and I think there's usually a little cup there for measuring it. You know, I mean, you can tell your children, but that doesn't mean they're going to have a friend over and go, boy, this would be some good Kool-Aid. And you hear about that, or even a lot of our pesticides or fly sprays, you know, things that might not be real toxic. But I would just encourage people to think about those chemicals and putting them in a spot where especially children can't get at them. Because that's something I think we don't often think about with farm safety. A lot of times we'll think about getting run over by an animal or a piece of equipment or farm bins. But we don't think about chemicals maybe as much as we should. I think the same goes to say with vaccinations and immunizations. And all of those things should also be a part of your emergency action plan. So that's a great tie-in, Jim, for what I was going to say and follow up to what Kim was saying. I also am a huge proponent. Your action plans need to include a map of your farm. Just so you can look at it and think that if you're going to have an evacuation situation, what are your outs? And you'll need multiple in case one is blocked. Um, and then knowing that, yeah, if it's a fire, where are the chemicals stored? And if, you know, the fire is near that area, you know, what do we do? One other thing that I would add, you know, with saying that and thinking about these maps, you can also, you know, contact your local fire department or your, you know, sheriff's office. And yes, I know they're busy. They have a lot going on, but 
I know of many that, you know, they would take a look at your plan or, you know, they would like to know where you have that map. They can be really helpful. And so also, you know, with anything safety and especially with emergency planning, use your resources. It doesn't just need to be internal to the farm, especially when you're going to be dependent on external help in some of these emergency situations. Emily, you made a really great point about the map and fire departments. Your fire department and your first responders, they should have a copy of your farm map where everything is located. So if you call and say, I had a silage pile incident, I potentially have one employee under a silage pile, they know exactly where to go to. And so that should be part of your emergency action plan is making sure that any responders know the layout of your farm. Okay, Kim and Emily. So I'm a dairy farmer listening out here and I'm all excited because Emily's got me all excited that I need to do something, but I just haven't done anything. Where do I start? I mean, to me, I'm thinking, I sure know how to put up good feed. I sure know how to get my cows pregnant, but I'm not so sure I know anything about this safety stuff. So where are there resources? I know you mentioned one, Emily or Kim. How do I even get started with this? That's a really great question and something that I talked about very early on in our conversation was hazard recognition. And I think that when it comes to safety, just like for many things on the dairy, observation is our friend, right? Observation isn't just for looking for heats. We can use it in a farm safety context too. You know, spend 20 minutes, walk around your farm, maybe bring a notebook, you know, write down places where you notice, oh, I see an exposed auger. Oh, I see some exposed wiring that probably needs to be looked at. Start with what the urgent needs are. I would say those are really big. And and if you're looking for resources, you know, we are really fortunate. We have, you know, access to a lot of different things. Uh, There are the U.S. Ag Centers, which are funded by NIOSH, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. And those centers, including UMASH, the Upper Midwest Egg Safety and Health Center, there's, I think, the Great Plains Egg Safety and Health Center, all of those are available. They all have free resources for various topics. You know, again, I work mostly with UMASH. Uh, You can find their information at umash.umn.edu. Also, from University of Minnesota Extension, You know, I've been working on adding a lot of farm safety content to our website, so you can visit extension.umn.edu slash farm safety and check out your local, your state's website or your local extension office for information and resources. There's a lot of stuff available. There are a lot of people like myself who care a lot about keeping people on farm safe. So if you don't know where to start, you know, it it sounds kind of silly, but just start somewhere. And like I said, I think just using observation and just yourself doing a little bit of an assessment of your farm can be helpful. And then if you do have a farm with employees, you know, ask your herd manager, ask some other employees that have been there a while. Again, getting buy-in from other people on the farm is critical to supporting that culture of safety and to just supporting safety in general. Is there any people you can have come out that, because sometimes the abnormal becomes normal as you're walking around, you see these wires and you've seen them for 22 years. So they seem really normal. So are there, is it insurance companies, extension people? Are there people that might serve as a resource that could come and kind of help you? 
Yeah, you can certainly contact your insurance agent. Some of them will do assessments or can get you connected to third-party assessors that can help you with that. Another thing, I know it is in Minnesota. I'm guessing it's this way in all states, but you can actually get a free assessment done by OSHA, even, you know, and again, OSHA is if you have 10 plus employees. So even if you don't fall within OSHA guidelines, um, you can contact them to get some help. And with those visits, you know, you are, you are protected from, uh, you know, if they find something that's wrong, you know, if it needs to be fixed immediately, they'll give you a period of time to do that and then come back to check on it. But I know, you know, a lot of people have learned to fear OSHA or to fear some of our government organizations. And I think, again, OSHA is there to help uh, just, just like any other organization, like Extension, like whoever it may be. So, you know, contact them, ask what your options are, you know, and, and they can also, you know, get you in the right direction if there's something that they can do to help you too. All great points. And we'll make sure that we get a list of resources in the notes for the podcast. That way uh, everyone has those resources. And if there's any templates for creating an emergency action plan or any signage that can be used for hazard recognition, we'll be sure that all of that's on the podcast notes and then also on the I-29 Moo University webpage as well. I want to shift gears a little bit. We hadn't mentioned this. So we talked about having an emergency action plan. We talked about signage for hazard recognition, which are great. One thing that we don't always think about, um, since English is our first language, is that a lot of the employees on dairy farms, Spanish is their first language or it's another language. Having those action plans and signage in the native language of your employees can also help reduce some of the incidences or potential incidences. And as you're creating signage, pictures are great, right? Pictures are what I call universal. So this is going to date me a little bit, but I think about my childhood days and think about the symbol Um, And this is a gesture for rolling down a window, right? It's moving our arm or hand in a circular motion. Well, if I talk to the next generation younger than me, people in their 20s and 30s, if I make the hand gesture for rolling down a window, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy, right? Because it's all push button. But I say that to the point of pictures are universal. So, you know, a gesture, pictures, they're going to be recognized in whatever language is the primary first language of your employees and, and most everyone on your farm. So really having that understanding by all employees on your farm, not just for the farm to create documents or for the managers to understand an action plan or potential hazards on the farm, but it goes to, we need to take that to the employee level so they understand potential hazards and what to do in the event of an emergency. Yeah, that's a really great point, Kim, you know, and that kind of ties into what I was saying before about training and to properly train your employees. Yes, language is important to recognize that. I'll give another plug for UMASH, the Upper Midwest Egg Safety and Health Center. They have a lot of resources available for dairy farms in both English and Spanish. So posters, handouts, various things, you know, videos, all of that. And so I think that that's, you know, really important. And 
and also making sure that you are creating space for people to ask questions or for people to say, I'm not sure about this, or, you know, this makes me uncomfortable or, you know, what else can I learn about this? Because yeah, I think in the hustle and bustle of any business, but especially a farm, you know, we want to get new people onboarded quickly, you know, in the parlor as fast as we can or out in the barns, you know, scraping or feeding, whatever it might be. And we need to make sure that again, people are being properly trained in their area specifically, but also, you know, going back to our fire extinguisher example, you know, your milkers, yeah, they're always in the parlor, but you know, it's good for them to know where the emergency shutoffs are for other things on the farm. It's good for them to know where the fire extinguisher is, you know, in the tractor cap, that kind of thing. Because maybe there's that one off chance where they happen to be in the free stalls instead of in the parlor when something happens. And so, yeah, that training piece is critical. And, and yes, Kim, I agree. Thinking about, you know, something that is culturally relevant as well for your employees and, and presented in a way they can understand. So in their native language, pictures are also a really big help. I've been to some farms where they have employees that are there and they know some Spanish, but they might speak an indigenous dialect of Spanish. So they don't know all of it. And so that's where that picture piece especially really comes in handy or demonstrating for people the safe and proper way to do something. You know, it takes more time on the front end, but, you know, on the back end, it's going to save you time if you don't have people going to the hospital or you need to fill in for somebody who's injured, all of those things. So that investment in time, I really think that you see your return on that investment. You might not always notice it, but it's definitely there. Yeah, just a comment. I mean, I, I know, uh, at least when I grew up, we had a lot of PTOs without safety shields on. And I think about all the things we did that probably weren't safe. And probably 99 out of 100 times, nothing will happen. But I think, Emily, you said it best one of your opening statements, it really is a matter of life and death. So none of us would want an employee or a spouse or a child to even get severely injured or have something happen. So I, I know, again, the odds of some of these things happening are reasonably low, but I think you want to make them where they're so low, they're just not going to happen. So again, I think all of us maybe remember during our childhoods where we grew up, where we did a lot of, I'm, I'm amazed I'm still alive, quite frankly, in a lot of days. I think, man, I did a lot of stupid things, but I, I just think it's developing that culture of safety. Yeah. And a really important point that you made, Jim, that, yeah, it's like maybe, you know, you do something a hundred times and 99 times it goes perfect. Right. And that's what I tell people is all it takes is one time. You know, I don't care if you've stepped over a PTO a million times in your life. It only takes one time for your shoelace to get caught. And Jim, you're aware of this, you know, as somebody, I have family members that have been injured in farm accidents. Right. And both my dad and my brother have lost limbs and they would tell you the same thing. They were doing something very routine to them when their accidents happened. It wasn't this big freak situation they were dealing with. It was just, they were doing their daily work. And it was that one time, you know, where something went wrong. And so like we were talking about being vigilant and being focused on what you're doing and not getting that attitude where you're kind of apathetic towards it. You know, I think we always need to you know, be on alert and, and have vigilance. And that's the thing that can keep people alive. That's a good point. 
Anything else you want to add to the discussion today, Emily or Jim? Yeah, you know, I just, I always like to leave people with kind of my, my catchphrase I've created while being in this role, which is slow down, think twice, be safe. You know, I think that those six words really encapsulate a lot of what we talked about today. So that's what I would encourage people just slow down, think twice, be safe. Great words of advice as we leave the podcast today. Well, thanks for joining us on another I-29 Moo University podcast. We will make sure to get all of the information in the show notes for today, including the links to resources and templates for your farm as you develop your emergency action plan or update your emergency action plan, and also some signage options and opportunities you can have to post signage around your dairy. Thanks for joining us, and until next time. I-29 MooU is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.